It's an adaptable mindset is someone or something that can always find new possibilities. It just has cognitive flexibility. So there's always a way, there's always a solution. And um, you're also probably also able to better control your emotions. So when something, like I mentioned earlier, when something happens that you won't just get angry, but yeah, you're better able to control it. And you will also have like a plethora, a vast amount of possibilities that you can choose from in new directions that you uh, might be able to take. That is Robert Overweg, and he is the founder of Adaptable Mindset. You can find it at adaptablemindset.com. And the goal of the Adaptable Mindset program is to develop people who are free to create and free to change so that they have the ability to move with any disruption or change that comes their way. A pretty valuable skill set right now in this wacky, wacky world. And in this conversation, we cover what it takes to move and adapt in a world driven by technology, how to create brain space in our busy world, how to develop an adaptable mindset that's right for you. And within these modules and courses that have been used at MIT, uh, at um, Heineken, at these at super large companies, Robert has helped individuals and organizations really think on the cutting edge. And in this conversation, we range from the definition of an adaptable mindset. We talk about the importance. What is the process for you specifically? How can you develop an adaptable mindset through embracing playing and critical and being critical of new ideas. We talk about opening up the minds of individuals and organizations and increasing flexibility to flourish creatively. Now, for whether you're a salesperson, you work at a desk job, you're a trainer, a nurse or whatever, we all want to grow. We all want to develop our brains so that we can live an interesting life and get the things that we want. And sometimes it just starts by creating a list of what inspires you. In this conversation, we reveal a bunch of really great tools that everyone can use to really work on your mindset and to develop yourself into the thinker that will stay on the cutting edge of what's going on in this wacky world with technology, with medical changes, with uh, uh, the ability to work remotely. This stuff is really important. I know you're going to enjoy it. Just a quick reminder, um, you can always find episodes discounts on products and services at seanmccormick.com. I really urge you to go check out the website. You can learn more about what I do as a coach. And uh, and furthermore, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's real Sean McCormick, S-E-A-N. I really invite everybody to just stay curious in the world. You know, it's easy to get tired, to get uh, in a rut, especially now. And that's why it's even more important for us to work on how we see the world how we can keep our minds moving forward when it's so easy to just like tap out, lay back and chill. Now is not the time. There's going to be a differentiating movement right now where people who are not growing are going to slide back. And those of us that are growing are going to have incredible opportunities in technology and, uh, and in the world. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I am proud to present this conversation with Robert Overweg from Adaptable Mindset. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. 
Robert mm-hmm. from Adaptable Mindset. Welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'd like to start with your background. What makes you an authority on teaching uh, Adaptable Mindset? Well, we've been running this program now for between three and five years. And we've had like a couple thousand people go through the online program. We do a lot of group sessions and we also help uh, organizations with their uh, organizational transformation. And if you can get people to open up and become flexible in like a corporate environments, that's maybe one of the most difficult environments to, to be creative, to flourish. And um, by, by doing that and by going through a lot of iterations and just a lot of experimentation and testing and if you've got so many people that you can test on in a, in a, in a sense, and then you start to learn what works for who. And um, yeah, I think that mainly gives us a lot of insights in, uh, in what works for who. And, and it's always something different for, for each individual. It's a different formula that works. And there's a lot of stress in the world as well, which doesn't help uh, with cognitive flexibility either. Because if we are really stressed, we only are left with, again, 20% of our brain capacity. So there are all of these things which our environment around us, you you really need to curate that. You you really need to take control of what is happening uh, to you. So instead of, um, in a sense, letting things happen to you, you're going to take control. So one of the the things that we normally start with is just create energy. So we look at, you know, what inspires you? You know, what drives your curiosity? You know, what drives you? What do you want to do in life? You know, all those sort of things. Most people sort of lose the connection between what they were doing in their childhoods or um, they love going into nature. And then you ask, how many times do you do that? Yeah, yeah, it was like two months ago that we, that we went. And there are always things why it won't happen, but there are so many beautiful things in life. I, I totally agree this, I just don't have the energy. I just don't have the juice. I don't have the gas in the tank to be able to um, get excited about my life, to get excited mm-hmm. about yeah. uh, my future. Like, it's just, it's so hard to to get up and get going. And, uh, and it affects, it affects your health. It affects the, your relationships. It just affects everything in your life. If you just don't have that zest is gone and you haven't had it for a long time, compounded by a global crisis compounded by changes in the seasons it's 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 tough to even get that that first step forward so i'm really glad that you pointed that out yeah we we hear that a lot we hear that a lot so a lot of people say my head is overflowing i'm already too stressed out i don't have time for this so i wrote down three things that you can do um go out the door that's behind you go outside run exercise (laughs) do shit do yoga you know um, do stuff that gets you out of your rut because it really helps. Uh, if you exercise, make your body stronger, you're built uh, around the behavior that you maybe did not want. So it is a gradual process. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that out. <clears throat> yeah, it's tough to go from uh, I'm, I'm, I don't even want to get up out of bed because I don't want to go to work or I don't want to be face the day. <laughs> like yeah. to, to, to go like fully engaged with your life full of hobbies and and uh and exercise and all these these activities that, that actually enrich your life so how, how do you define uh an adaptable mindset it's an adaptable mindset is someone or something that can always find new possibilities it just has cognitive flexibility so there's always a way there's always a solution 
And um, you're also probably also able to better control your emotions. So when something, like I mentioned earlier, when something happens that you won't just get angry, but yeah, you're better able to control it. And you will also have like a plethora, a vast amount of possibilities that you can choose from in new directions that you uh, might be able to take. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's a great start with uh, uh, with mindset and in our approach to to staying adaptable. Um, so, what what made you want to create uh, adaptable mindset? Uh, well, I saw so many people in their life being unhappy in corporate environments. Some people said to me that they didn't mind like breaking their legs, so they would be sitting at home for a couple of months. <sighs> Um, yeah, it's pretty intense, like, wow. like all around or uh, students who told me like, oh, I feel like I'm losing my creativity in school. And they are, you know, because you sort of need to comply with things that you might disagree with. And uh, yeah, it might you lose a bit of your autonomy and your creativity. Um, so I really felt and then you finish school and then it's even worse then because then you find out that you learned a lot of things which are no longer relevant anymore. Hmm. So you need to be able to adapt on your own. So I think everyone should just be gifted this skill, develop this skill, because yeah, you don't want to. But uh, if I say it like this, but um, yeah, we see that's actually possible just by, you know, connecting to what you find meaningful, taking care of your your mental space, taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind, um, and then slowly but gradually you move to become yeah more open, more flexible, happier. Yeah. Where, where do we start? Where do we, where do we even begin to, 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 to change, to change our perspective toward a better adaptability? Yeah. yeah. I sort of read from the things that you just said is to maybe make it more practical, right? Yeah. So we've got a few practical exercises and uh, the first question in that exercise is if you can just take an A4 sheet of paper uh, and then <clears throat> write down what inspires you, you know, what really drives your curiosity. What do you want to wake up early in the morning for to find these things out or late in the evening? And it can be, um, that can even be comics, can be movies, can be like wh- whatever, more cogn- get more cognitive flexibility, etc. How can we solve these things? Hmm. But first for us, it starts with often with creating a form of energy, enthusiasm, because you do need to have that willingness to to move, and you do need to have like these these goals that you that you want to strive for. And then, for an example, it could be that um, like you you don't have uh, any time or you don't have any mental space. But there are solutions for that as well. You know, maybe turn your phone off in the evening, put it on flight mode. Don't use your phone in the in the in the early mornings. Or there are tools as well to make it so that you have that you don't need as much meetings which you most of us have to do in teams or zoom or whatever you can use tools like loom to record your stuff and just send it over to people you know there's so many things that we can do but you first need to yeah be energized inspired and then get into a mindset of uh, how might we how might we do more of x you know how might we um work more uh, fluently get more freedom etc it's also about updating your own, in a sense, beliefs and your, mm-hmm. your, 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 what you're curious about, what's meaningful for you. Like continuous learning uh, is easy. You know, it's just play. Mm-hmm. It's just experimentation. You want to learn more, of course, because, you, yeah, it's what you like to do. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm aware of 
the, because as, as a coach working with people um, around their mindset, around their identity and working with a large population of, of high achieving people, you know, um, really, really, I don't know, just highly, highly effective folks. Um, one, one thing that, that is sort of tough to untangle is not only how much of their time is, is devoted to their profession, um, but also intertwining or disentangling their inspiration and mission and things that they love to do with their profession, with their vocation. So for example, antithetical to my professional career, there immediately is a disconnect. Can you, can you sort of speak yeah. to that a little bit? Cause I think it's important. Yeah, hundred um, percent. If these people are high performance and if they would like to win a Nobel prize, then they should pay attention because mm-hmm. most Nobel prize winners do have some form of playful, artistic, whatever you want to call it, hobby. So for example, the, the Dorothy Hodgkin, lady who laid the foundation uh, for for antibiotics she was very fond of drawing and you've got the guy who laid the foundation for artificial intelligence he did a lot of unicycling juggling Uh, the guy who invented penicillin he was he was drawing with bacteria he was just playing around he was just messing around and that yeah it gave him like this infinite drive to just explore that medium in a in a very honest and unforgiving way because you know you're just playing around hmm. uh, the same with uh, for example playing music singing dancing all of these things as long as you are putting in some extra time and attention to things that make you feel good the things that make you happy yeah yeah and you can also if you're the sales manager and if you feel like uh, you know your paycheck is, t- is too good and that you that you can't leave um, you could also spend more time on making the environment better for other people, that they are happier, that they are more connected to the things that they want to do, or have them connect their work goals to their personal personal goals, right? There's there's always something that we can do to yeah, improve it for ourselves or for our environment, for, for the people around us, so they can flourish. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like that. Finding, finding ways. Yeah, that, the act of service. Being mm-hmm. of, of service to others is what gives most people the greatest sense of, of purpose, right? It's very fulfilling, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like I try to live my life that like every interaction that I have is that someone becomes a little bit more happy. So mm-hmm. even uh, also w- when I step on the bus, I always say hi, I always try to make a conversation, I always ask how someone's day is because, yeah, why not? <laughs> if I have the ability to mm-hmm. make someone's and people in the... Um, how do you stay ahead in a tech-driven world? Yeah, that's also it. Also starts with uh, with again the curiosity. Um, so we have the methodology of we say embrace, play, and be critical. So first, you're just very, very open-minded to everything that comes along. So it's blockchain, it's GPT-3, it's AI, it's whatever. So you're not going to be negative, Nancy, and saying, "Hey, that's not going to work," because mm-hmm. you don't know. Um, so in, in so first openness of mind adaptability and then we play with the technology we find out if it can do for us what we think it can do and we play with other people in, uh, with the technology as well and then in the last phase we just become a little bit more critical and see if it has business value if it has value for us 
um, etc. So it's about, in a sense, radical openness mm. and also creating the environment where you can fail and just experiment. And with the new technology, oh, everything is so, so accessible. And you follow what you think that you need. So we've got models on connecting with your inspiration, curiosity. We've got models on um, how to create brain space, how to deal with the fear of failure, you know, whatever people, uh, whatever can block people, you know, we've got a model about, or how to develop technological awareness, whatever you think that is relevant for you. And I'm not going to say, hey, you all need X or Y. It's, it's like I said in the beginning, it's not a dogmatic approach. It's not one formula. No, it's, it's specific for you. Um, yeah, and at the end, you also get specific advice for you. So you went through the program. We asked you, you know, uh, what worked for you? What would you improve? Um, uh, what would you add? And then most of the time we get like epistles, like entire essays of, mm -hmm. of how it influenced people. And then we can give them like very practical advice. Hey, maybe also read these books, uh, do these things as well. And that can be, it's in a sense, uh, yeah, it's a little bit like coaching, but, um, you know, sending people out into the world again, but vision overload. And these are just uh, separate models that you can, uh, that you can select when we do the group sessions or when we do corporate, um, corporate change, it's a bit different. Then we first do an assessment we ask, you know, what is going on in the company? Uh, what do people see as challenges? What is not working? And then again, you get a custom, uh, custom process for for dealing with these challenges. Hmm. Based on your responses, then then the platform can be adjusted to fit you. Is that right? Well, you're you're in a sense in control. You can just click on what you want to click on. Got it. So yeah. it's intuitive. You can kind of pick your own adventure. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's a good description. Yeah. 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 And there are a few uh, reflective exercises as well, um, you know, that you can do during the, during the day. It's, we also um, you know, make use of everything which is available. So we also revert you to yoga sessions, meditation, uh, box breathing. But if that's not for you, find indie experience. So you go from, hey, I like games. And then you're slowly also gradually moved into philosophy. So you mm -hmm. were just watching games and now because they're, if you are able to find connections in everything, and if you're able to just be open to everything, um, you also have a more um, yeah, interesting and fruitful life. <laughs> so that's also the sort of the premise of the program. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. What's your, what's your vision for this? Why, wh uh, hmm. what, what is your greatest dream that, hmm. uh, that, this, would, that this would be? Yeah. Yeah, I've been recently thinking about this more and more, but I really want to like um, put on my 100x cap and really think think large. And But I think, um, so one of the things which we naturally, critical discourse where people can make music, where, can, where they can experiment, where they can inspire each other, that would be very lovely to have that in like all major cities. And of course, that's a very large challenge right now with the entire COVID uh, pandemic, uh, but we are building on these plans. And at the same time, I would also love to um, get more companies to work in a different way. Like give more space to people, let them be more creative, let them connect more to the things that they want to do. Uh, but I do notice that is, um, that is difficult hmm. you know, because most companies 
uh, although they say they're non-hierarchical, it's still often top-down. Uh, you know, you just need to do uh, these things and um, we need to become data-driven. And then it's just shoved onto people instead of you know, bringing them on board, giving them the invitation to also partake. So that was an era where uh, it was right before even kids worked in a factory, like 13-year-olds, right? Right. Uh, which is uh, which we now look look down upon. We look, we, we like we like frown and think like, well, that's weird. And I think how we are currently working, I think we will also look back on and think, oh, that was weird mm-hmm. that we work like machines that we didn't take care of ourselves and that we didn't take care of our inspiration that we just. Burn, um, burn out everyone 20% global engagement yeah. or um, in the Netherlands 25% of uh, people will be less employable due to stress wow. uh, in the coming years it's insanity wow. it's insanity how we how we treat each other and yeah it's almost like we pretend like it's okay but I don't think it's okay a quick thank you to one of our sponsors and then we'll jump right back into the episode This episode is brought to you by the X3 Bar. If you've been listening to this podcast for years, you've probably heard Dr. Jaquish on this podcast explaining why variable resistance training is superior to weight training. It's good for your heart, it's good for your lungs, and it helps you build lean muscle mass stronger, faster, in a very short period of time. Literally 10 minutes a day you can build lean muscle. And that's what I've been doing for a long time. Now it's it's really my only source of exercise uh, besides some walks here and there is to do the X3 bar. It's affordable and is the last piece of exercise equipment you will ever purchase. It has really changed the lives of many of my clients and many of the listeners who have already purchased the X3 bar. This thing works. It works and it's so fast. And if you combine it with high amounts of protein that you can consume during the day, your body will change. You you will absolutely become leaner, stronger, and better than you ever have been before. You can go ahead and go to x3bar.com and use the code OPP for $50 off. And I'm telling you, I cannot stress this enough. This is the most effective piece of exercise equipment. It's so simple. It fits in a small backpack. Uh, It's really incredible. So go ahead and go to x3bar.com and use the code OPP for $50 off. You can thank me later. All right. Back to the episode. You know, it's it's interesting the uh, the the forty hour work week paradigm coupled with the educational system that feeds that factory line worker. You know, are you know in the West at least, and to memorize and to regurgitate and to follow orders and to follow structures and to all of that stuff. And 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 what it has continued to churn out is people who are tuned out, <laughs> who, who, who are absolutely not engaged in the work that they do and in their lives. And it's, um, it's, we need better models. We need better systems. We need, we need cooler, we need better ideas if we want to continue to, um, to reward creativity and innovation, uh, especially now, you know, as you're, as you're describing, you know, the companies that, that are, are interested in, in making some changes, you know, clients of mine who are either at Amazon or Google um, or Microsoft, highly intelligent, highly creative, but then like just pigeonholed into this, into this role that they don't like that they get sick of and bored of really quickly. Um, And that stymies um, innovation. It's not necessarily a more, more creative 
or an, a society that can find new perspectives. And, you know, the path that we've been going, we do need new perspectives, right? With the, with the IPCC report, with the engagement, like I mentioned, we, we need a drastic change. Some of the testimonials are, are sort of striking, um, you know, when the professor of comparative media studies at MIT says informed, provocative, and someone who lives outside the box, Robert Overweg understands the impact of technology like, like few others. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty glowing uh, praise that that you get. That's a, that's a powerful thing. That is pretty Um, intense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, So what, how else can we be thinking about our use of tech? uh, Our, um, developing our, our technological awareness, if we can kind of redirect it back towards some more practicality, mm-hmm. sure. um, what are some things that people can, can do to, to stay ahead of it? First, yeah, you need to have this, this open mind. You need to have this, um, you need, yeah, it's, it's beneficial to have this, uh, this fresh perspective, uh, but some, uh, very applicable things for people right now. For example, you've got this, um, no code. So you want to start a company. Maybe uh, you want to contribute in a new way to society. There's this new um, new type of technology, which is called no-code. You've got tools like Bubble, Figma, Adalo. I can share with you the bubble.io. And you don't need a, a programmer anymore. You don't need to write any line of code. With some tools, for example, with Glide, your database is an Excel sheet. And you can just have your uh, your fitness app or whatever. You can... In five minutes, you can get it ready. It's hmm. pretty intense. But if you want your uh, want to build your own ecosystem, your own application or website or whatever, you can use Bubble. And there's this guy, uh, it's called Coins with a Q. And he, together with his buddy, made a tool which is integrated with your credit card, with your spending, um, which is fascinating, as which you can use also for creating content, uh, you know, as a sparring partner. I have a digital buddy as a sparring partner. I just throw in a few sentences. And he, uh, you know, gives me a few sentences back. And huh. that's with the tool. Um, okay, I need to give that to you a bit yeah. later. Did you call um, it a digital sparring partner? Indeed, it's a digital sparring partner. Yeah. That's cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I use it in that way. But now they're using that technology. Um, you, you, In the future, now actually already, you can just tell this, uh, this open AI to write the code for you. So if you still do want to write code, you just say, Okay, can you now move the character, um, make it so that I can move the character with the keyboard uh, uh, shortcuts, and then it writes the code for you. Wow. So the world is going to so radically change in all of these aspects. Uh, same with NFTs. Uh, and then I'm so I'm deep in all of these sort of geeky nerd things. <laughs> nice. But, but blockchain and NFTs, they are also going to change the paradigm in how we work with each other. Because suddenly we're doing things together. There's now a show by uh, Ashton Kutch, intellectual property rights, that, that you own the rights to an aspect, to an image, or to access to something, uh, which uh, you have digital wallet for. But you, to the, the people who all own an NFT for that online um, series, they can all write and make proposals um, for ideas to be in that show. Mm-hmm. So we're creating stuff together. I think we're we're shifting from um, people doing things individually and more towards doing things collectively. Hmm. And so if you can be in that space, 
yeah yeah you'll be already like five to ten years in the future it's the same with it if you were in that space for the past 10 years it is like um the growth for all of these companies is like at least like 15 percent a year so so it's very easy to you know just flow through life if you pick the right horse if you pick the right track if that of course resonates with you yeah. Yeah. I was just listening to a, a podcast interview between uh, Tim Ferriss and uh, Naval Ravikant talking about Web3 and NFTs. And they were talking, uh, Tim was sharing the fact that uh, a lot of his creative friends, um, musicians, photographers, uh, designers uh, took a major hit uh, with, uh, with the pandemic. And their sort of pivot towards some of these same, you know, technological mm-hmm. uh, innovations have just like totally changed their, their income is back. Their perspective yeah. is back. They're, they're, they're way, way ahead. And I'm still me and my simple brain. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how, how NFTs work and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah. is that what you mean when you say developing techn- technological awareness, does that, is that what you're getting at? Is that, uh, there, there are lots of these tools. There are lots of these platforms. There are, there are changes in, in, in technology that we need to, or we would be, we would benefit from understanding and integrating into our lives. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, hundred percent. It's about being conscious of, um, what is on the horizon and what is already there. So you and other people can benefit from it. And if you want to go uh, like into NFTs or, or whatever, then again, play, like embrace play and be critical just be open and you know take a step forward experiment um in a safe environment fail doesn't really matter and then uh, and then be critical so that you sort of um internalize what it could be because when you start interacting with these new things for example um, some technology is does is just a lot of um mumbo jumbo you know they say that it does x or y and then you interact with it and you're like no, totally, not at all. Um, yeah, maybe when people now talk about the metaphors, I'm like, yeah, maybe, um, maybe in a few years. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So o- openness, play around, be critical. You said the buzzword. Said the big buzzword. Said metaverse. Mm-hmm. And at the time of recording this, uh, Facebook announced this week that they were changing their name to Meta, which is short for metaverse. Um, what if you could if you could help us unpack that just a little? And maybe maybe people watched the Zuckerberg thing where he's waving to his virtual self, which looked like a Black Mirror episode. Um, but uh, I would love I would love to hear your thoughts on. Uh, what that means? What, what what is the what is the implication of Facebook changing their name um, to, to Meta? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you um, if you read the books that most of this thinking was based upon, like Snow Crash, Ready Player One, um, they start as very very fun novella, very very nice to read, but eventually you start to find out that it's such a dystopian future. Uh, where we are like uh, constantly connected to uh, to a virtual world where we have our experiences, but in our own world, you know, we've got these flimsy bodies which can't do anything anymore. We're in these cocoons, maybe similar to um, 
like the images you saw in Wally, -E, right? With the people on the, um, were just driving around with tablets in front of their faces. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can have a lot of fun in, in just these digital realms. You can, can have amazing exp explore explorations and amazing experiences. And, but you ask what the metaverse is. I think it's, yeah, some people call it like a digital place where you, where you hang out. It can be Fortnite, right? Fortnite is also described as a metaverse because you don't just play a game. You hang out with your friends. You talk there as well. It's like the sports bar or the shopping mall. You know, these analogies, they uh, fit with that as well. Uh, but there could also be, come a time where the things that you gather digitally, like um, uh, skins, hats, swords, whatever, that you can bring them along into different games. Uh, for example, Roblox is working on that. Um, so now people are actually, like young kids are making money in designing digital uh, apparel. Mm. Like eight, eight, 10, 13 year olds, um, which is interesting. And it's cool that they develop entrepreneurship. But, you know, I don't have to tell you that we should also be very, very uh, conscious of taking care of our bodies as well, mm. you know, connecting to nature, uh, create brain space, because if a platform like Facebook controls your digital experience, yeah. you know what happened to uh, our social experience with more depression, right. and all of these things, and um, maybe um, um, sort of the, the failure of democracy, maybe par partly to blame to them, mm -hmm. um, and, the, and the filter bubbles, uh, because they're incentive is different um, right if, if you have a space that's why i was very afraid of facebook uh, buying oculus uh, which is the virtual reality glasses uh, now they already know what you like what you click massive profile based on you but what if you they also know exactly what you're looking at and if that arouses you if you like that and you can be manipulated like yeah. so, so profoundly that you would not even know right um yeah and then we can all cheer yay we're going to the metaverse yeah yeah, yeah. good luck on that journey <laughs> yeah you know i think about the fact that uh that steve jobs didn't let his kids you know uh, play with screens and have tablets mm -hmm. uh yep. you know same with bill gates who i'm not a fan of anyway but um the the, the sort of general awareness that that there has to be this balance. You have to take care of your body. You need to go get sunlight. You need to go play mm -hmm. and run and scrape your yeah. knees and, and, and be a kid. You need to go, you know, get sick and get lost and stay out too late. And, and all these things mm -hmm. coupled with this, this undeniable technology that, that is so immersive that could really easily just, just snatch four hours from your children's attention. Um, how beneficial is it? I don't know. But we're, it, you know, it's, it's obvious to me that we're so early in this process. We're so mm -hmm. early in, in the emergence of this, of this uh, immersive technology that it's tough to know what's best practices or what's not, you yeah. know, part of me as an, as an entrepreneur, as a life coach with a podcast, you know, I want my, I want my children to be able to, to have online personas eventually. I mean, it's inevitable. Uh, I want them to be able to understand technology and to use it to their benefit, but I also want to protect them against um, a lot of the pitfalls of, of staring at a screen for hours and hours a day. And so, I don't know, it's, 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 it's tough. I don't know if you have any comments or thoughts on that. Yeah, I, um, I agree with you. And I think as a parent, uh, it would probably be beneficial to tag along on the journey. 
and see you know uh, how it yeah. influences your kid instead of just letting them explore. Um, I do see a lot of um, uh, proper qualities coming from, for example, Minecraft. You yeah, know, you can learn about deforestation. Uh, kids build their own museums of things that they find cool and important. So in the sense, it's like Lego, but digitally. Yeah. Um, and since like the, the digital aspect is going to be part of our, our society anyway, yeah. it would be good to, to explore it. And me as a kid, when I was like a bit older already, uh, but around 17, 18, I played a lot of video games. Um, I did a lot of stuff in, um, I managed a lot of uh, chat, chat rooms as well, all of geeky stuff. And, but at the same time, I learned a lot of things there, like um, how, to, um, how to manage groups, um, how to uh, inspire people. And eventually, I saw the virtual world just as another place to explore. And I started to take photographs in computer games. <laughs> and everyone thought I was silly. Even at the art academy, they thought I was, uh, I was, I was loco. <laughs> but eventually, the works got picked up, like by, at the Centre Pompidou, and uh, wow. the media. Yeah, all over the world, I exhibited. But it took like eight years for people to tag along. And interesting, you can maybe give your kids like a safe environment, which is um, also uh, limited in time, mm -hmm. where they can explore. Yeah, um, and where you do have this little bit of overseeing role. I think that would be beneficial because, like you mentioned. What Tim Ferriss and Naval Ravikant were talking about, the Web 3.0 thing. If yeah, I see young kids making art online uh, and selling it as NFTs, and that mm. is an experience. Yeah. As a, if you're able to do that as a, as a young kid and not get sort of um, sucked up in the in the corporate avalanche. Yeah. Right. Know. That's key. You're right. You're right. So there's the sort of behavioral, physical, like not just sucked up into a catatonic state after being online, but not sucked up into the, into the corporate machine where you're right. If you can, if you can, if you can play and create and collaborate and have fun <clears throat> and explore and sell NFTs of, you know, <laughs> swords that you work for uh, in Roblox. And I, I think that's really fascinating. And also if it's not brought to you by Coca-Cola um and mcdonald's that's a good thing you know that's <laughs> yeah i think we as a society should take more control of these environments so like mm. uh like web 3.0 and ethereum that's all sort of open source we're building that together um we can all be critical on the things that will happen we can all define the roadmap together and i think that's um yeah just an interesting space to to explore and i think that's probably also the right way forward yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's inevitable. And so how are we being smart about we, how we approach it? And it sounds like that's part of what you're, what you've built and are working on is, is how do we, how do we approach this technology, which is, which is inevitable and how do we use it in a way that actually enriches our life? Uh, as, as we, as we sort of wind toward, toward the end of our conversation, um, maybe just give, give everybody just a sort of a general pitch for adaptable mindset. Like what, what should, what should people really know about it? Uh, well, if you want to uh, develop a mindset that can find more, more possibilities, if you want to develop mental flexibility or create some more mental space, then uh, there are a lot of free articles on the website. There's a lot of free content as well. 
uh, because for example, like filtering the noise, creating brain space, we find that so important. So we just give that module away for free. And there are a lot of practical things in there, but you can also do the uh, sort of the entire experience, the personal journey uh, on adaptalmindset.com. Awesome. Um, what about if people wanted to follow you or connect with you? Where, where can they find you online? Uh, on Twitter, uh, Robert Overweg, uh, O-V-E-R-W-E-G. And, uh, and uh, we've got an Instagram as well, the Adaptable Mindset. And um, yeah, yeah, we manage a few more channels, but you know, managing all of the channels, it's not really, uh, <laughs> it's not, not really uh, so nice to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we before we conclude, I have uh, a fill in the blank question, um, and it's it's meant purposefully to catch you off guard. You did say that you've listened to some episodes, so we'll see if you listened all the way through to the very end of these episodes to to know what this question is. This can be based on anything and everything that you know. It doesn't have to be you know singularly focused to to tech or or the adaptable mindset. But please fill in the blank and elaborate as much or as little as you wish. Everyone would benefit from knowing that you are able to manage your emotions and that almost everything is possible. <laughs> almost everything is possible. I like that. I like that. Uh, well, this has been um, expanding for me. This I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit more time on the website and read some through some of the more of the articles. Really thought provoking, um, really cool stuff. Robert Over Overweg, thank you for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you, Sean. It was uh, was very cool. Thank you.